Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey y'all, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. After a slight unintended break, uh, thanks to a raging sinus affection and illness, trust me, you guys did not want me talking to you when I sounded the way I did for a couple of weeks. Uh, we are back. We are back. And uh, this is going to be the Monday Movie Minute. And if you're new here in 2020, welcome. Usually every Monday, I talk about the movies that I saw the week before. A lot of the times it's uh, new releases. Sometimes it's things that I've rewatched sitting on my couch or maybe a Netflix show, something like that. Uh, so really, it's just as long as it's movie related, it is fair game for the Monday Movie Minute. Now, today, we're not going to talk about, um, well, not necessarily, well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know exactly which movies we're going to talk about, but they're not necessarily going to be the most recent ones. Uh, this is going to be kind of a flashback to 2019 movies. We're going to talk about the couple that we thought were most overrated or underrated uh, by critics, by fans, just in general, what you know we think kind of got a raw deal or maybe got blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about the 2020 movies that are coming out. Uh, there's a pretty, there's a pretty interesting slate that I've, uh, uh, you know, I've seen so far announced, and uh, there's a few that I personally am very fangirly over and very excited to uh, see and can't wait for. So we'll, we're going to talk about that too. And by me saying we, that should clue you in that for this Monday Movie Minute, I have a guest. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Ducky Rowell, and she is back with me. She's been on a few times. So, hey, Ducky. Hey, girl. What's up? Hey, it's 2020, man. Just living life. <laughs> yeah, 20, 2020 is here, and my goal personally is to glow. I don't know what your goal is, but hope it's a good one. I like it. That's a that's a that's a good. Is that like your word of the year? It is. Glowing is definitely my word of the year because I feel like you know we're we're all aspiring to be better, and what not a better word than glowing to become better? I feel like that's a very um, Dan Levy's type thought process, and I love it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't intending that, but totally. <laughs> because you know how much I adore him. And so I'm like, I like this. Dan would like this, you know, because Dan and I are like BFFs, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I wish I was BFFs with him, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I still haven't quite picked mine for this year. And the funny thing is, I was like, I know I had one for 2019, but I couldn't remember what it was. Mm. I found it. I found it on Instagram. And my 2019 word was listen. And the idea was literally to listen to what people have to say because um, I think so many times I would just assume that I knew what you were going to say or I knew where you were going with this. or You know what I mean? I wasn't really listening to to what people were trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I hated it when people did that to me. So 2019 was about listening. And ironically, that's also when I got into podcasting, like into listening to podcasts. So I thought that was kind of funny that that manifested in that unintended way, but it did. So who knows? Maybe 2020 needs to be talk. Ooh, <laughs> I, I like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still working, fleshing this out, trying to decide what, I don't know, what the focus is going to be this year. I haven't, I haven't gotten my goals and dreams together because I was sick for the last part of 2019. So I'm still kind of half dragging my way through wrapping up those things. And, um, eh, you know, we'll get to 2020. Well, Well, hopefully 2020 is all about you feeling better and feeling your best. And maybe the word is like, um, 
what's the one I want to say? Like maybe the word is like reciprocating feelings or something oh, like that. I, I guess I like that. I actually, I really do like that. That's I'll have to put some thought into that. See what yeah. I can come up with. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, exactly. And you know what? Health, happiness, all that good stuff. I definitely will always take health. Um, because when that, that's one of the fun facts about me, as I am the worst patient, like people talk about man flu and how when their husbands get sick, they're miserable and whatever. I'm like, no, no, that's me. I am the biggest baby you've ever met in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so when mama don't feel good, nobody feels good in this house. And I know that everybody was so happy when I finally got over myself. Um. <laughs> well, I'm happy too that you are feeling better because I totally know it's not fun during the holidays to feel like a Grinch. So. Oh, it is not. It is not. Okay. So Ducky, real quick, tell people about yourself, where they can find you online, uh, if they want to follow you on socials. And uh, by the way, she has a great Instagram account. I love it. Uh, so throw all those out there so people can come find you should they want to follow you. So if you want to follow me, I am at magic a la mode, like a magical parfait on Twitter, Instagram, all those awesome things. And I also have a website with the same name. And currently a big thing right now is I'm writing for comicbookresources.com. So you can also see my writing on there. Oh, is this new? Yeah, it started like maybe in like November, but it's really, uh, it's been good. I'm writing a really interesting list. So when it's out, I'll let you know. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me know. All right. So we are going to talk about 2019 and basically what we thought about the movies this year. Uh, and, and I know like every entertainment podcast out there has probably had this list and had that discussion, but we're going to narrow it down. We're going to kind of make this short and sweet. We decided to pick one each of the most overrated and the most underrated movies that we saw in 2019. Now, I didn't see everything that was out there because I also will confess this about myself. Uh, if there's a movie that I'm kind of not interested in, I I take my job seriously enough, but not that seriously. <laughs> fair, so, totally fair. So I don't you – know, time is precious, right? And so if there's just something that I really am dragging my feet over going to see, then I just decide to skip it. And I'll give you an example of that. It might be a beautiful film. It might be lovely. I might love it, whatever. But it's Little Women. I'm not into it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay? <laughs> Which as you know, somebody who – I do like historical pieces and I do like those things. But part of it is I never really – loved the book as a kid or as an adult Uh, and I've seen every version of this movie I think there's like two or three out already and then this one like and I know this is done differently and that's what everyone has said is you know it's different yes it's very different mm -hmm, yeah but that's one of those things that I like just can't seem to pull the trigger and and go and sit and watch this movie. I might get there, but I haven't yet. So that's an example. So I counted it up, and I think there was 112 movies that I saw this year. So again, not everything. Girl, congratulations. Thank you, but I broke that century club. I saw a lot of movies in the theater this year. Yes. Uh, A-list, by the way, AMC A-list, y'all, get on that. It is the <laughs> best. Oh, my God. So helpful, so helpful. So it, it made it so much easier for me to, like, completely fall into these passions that I have and 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 just be able to go see all these movies that I maybe wouldn't have spent the money on before, right? But yeah. Anywho, so that was worth it. So that's where I am. Um, and do you have any idea about how many movies you saw this year? I would definitely say it's around that ballpark. I try to make a point to see every like current 
like recent release of that weekend because Mm -hmm. I also take my aspiring job very seriously and want to be up on the know and be the best film pundit humanly possible. But yeah, I would say it's in the like at least 70 to 100 range. Well, I, you know, I did a little Facebook polling. I asked, you know, friends and family and I was like, hey, how many movies have you guys seen? And a lot of them were like, I don't know, six, maybe 12. Uh, All the Disney movies, like, you know, it was very interesting to see because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys aren't all watching all these movies like I am? What's wrong with you? And then I realized, well, we're different, Jackie. I I was like, oh, wait, you're not a crazy person like me? Correct. <laughs> Correct. So be super proud of that 70 because that's awesome. That's, a, that's. I mean, that that means, like you said, we're dedicated to our craft. Heck we're yes. Go into all of this. <laughs> yes. We are cinephile goddesses. <laughs> all right. So hit me. Let's go ahead. I'm going to let you start. Hit me with, do you want underrated or overrated? Where do you want to start? You know, I'm going to dip my uh, foot into the controversial pond and go with my overrated choice. All right. All right. Oh, and guys, we have not talked about this. I don't know what she's going to say. She might (laughs) say little women. Uh, I don't know. But but we we haven't had any discussion on this. Um, So it could be something I haven't seen. It could be something I love. It could, you know, we don't know yet. So... All right, go for it. (laughs) All right. So my most overrated movie of 2019 is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have mixed feelings on this, but you tell me what why it's overrated for you. So here's my thing. I will be completely honest that my opinion towards this movie is that I'm not a big Quentin Tarantino person. I went to film school and a lot of the time I was around kids who in the early to late 2000s were like, oh my God, he's the greatest filmmaker ever. And the thing is, is that Quentin Tarantino is cool, but a lot of his filmmaking is tributes to things that already happened before. Mm -hmm. So in saying that, my biggest thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is I think It was beautifully shot. It has lots of really Mm -hmm. cool aspects to it. But the thing is, is that it is trying to evoke a very, very serious message. And I think constantly it gets lost in itself as Mm -hmm. to how to speak about that message and also how to portray the characters within that message. And I'm trying to say in a way that's not spoilery in case there's people that listen to us that haven't seen the movie. Right, right. So here's my thing about Once Upon a Time. I also am not a Tarantino fan, like at all. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. you know, I, I loved I loved Pulp Fiction. OK, yes. But then after that, everything just he he lost me. And I'm just there's so many like troublesome issues with this dude. And he keeps making like terrible misogynistic movies. And, and- also lots of things about feet. Like, I'm not yes. okay with the feet. <laughs> I, I don't get the feet. I don't need to see the feet. Guys, if you've ever seen any of his movies, you'll see lots of feet. Why? Gross. <laughs> Gross. I don't know. But yeah, fetish. it's a thing. Yeah, it's totally a thing. However, so I went to this movie truly going uh, – this was one that I said, I'm definitely going day one because people are going to talk about it and I want to be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. was expecting to be um, unimpressed. I was expecting to be let down. I had the opposite reaction. And I think oh. I think part of it was because I was expecting to be so let down. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, like my, okay. My expectations were really low because I know me and I know what I like and I didn't think I would like any of this. Um, there's definitely issues with it that I didn't love. There's definitely – I can understand very, very much so the critiques that people have put out to it. So I am not over here saying uh, – in fact, I – 
you know, rumor says it's an Oscar front runner. Uh, no, that would not be my choice. No, I, me either. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not there. So yeah, I'm with you kind of on the overrated camp if we're going to those levels of it's a masterpiece. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. So that's definitely where I am on, on that one. Um, However, there was something about it, and I think part of what what maybe appealed to me is the nostalgia and the old seventies. Like I love Hollywood, man. Oh yeah, and you're right; it was beautifully shot and it was beautifully costumed. And I, I I don't know. I I I don't want to spoil it either, but I I liked that ending. I know a lot of people hated it, but I liked that ending and the twist to it all. And so I was down. I'm down with it in general, but will I watch this thing probably ever again? I don't know that I will. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's more that just like my reaction to it is I I don't honestly have any very specific solid opinion towards the ending because it didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the guttural like uh, reaction that a lot of people did, and I took it as like this is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's a very bloated movie, and you could tell that by its three-hour runtime. Mm-hmm. I think it it easily could have been chopped a solid like 20, 40 minutes, and you could have gotten like easily. the same message. Easily. But yeah. I do think the nostalgia and the love that Tarantino has for that era is beautiful, especially when you see like the shots inside movie theaters and stuff, you're just like, it's oozing nostalgia. It's beautiful. Yeah, so. it was. So, so yeah, I mean, definitely some positive too, but I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to fight you over it being overrated. I agree with you <laughs> on that. Yeah. So, uh, yay. Okay. So we're in agreement there. Um, <laughs> for me, overrated, I actually was going to talk about one movie, but then as we started talking about um, Once Upon a Time, I thought, no, I got to mention this other movie. So I'm going to throw out two. Okay. And uh, the first one you might hate me for, but I thought Booksmart was completely overrated. Oh, interesting. Okay. Why is that? Yeah. Here is my thing with Booksmart. Leading up to opening day of Booksmart, every critic, every person, everybody that saw this movie was like it's the best movie ever made it's so fresh it's so smart it's so new it's so 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 you've never seen anything like this it's amazing yada 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 and look it's like all female power empowerment i am all for that like i i'm not even complaining that um it's, it's not one of those things where i have any issue with the idea that they were even pushing it on people because it was all you know female written female directed female uh, cast like all of that positives. And and I think they all did a great job. Like I also have no real super negatives to it. I was entertained. However, what I wasn't was like over bold. I was expecting to be blown away, like to sit there and watch this movie and go, oh my gosh, this is the best movie ever. The way that people were talking about it. And I didn't have that reaction at mm. all. And I'm fairly easy to please, especially when it's um, a genre like this. Um, because the lines were funny. It was, you know, there was some clever humor to it. It's, a, it's, you know, but all I kept thinking was it wasn't new. It wasn't fresh. It was um, not groundbreaking in my opinion. And it was like super bad 20 years later with girls. Which, yeah. Which is also fine, you know, but you know, it just, I don't know. I, I, there were some, there were certain things, of course, that they addressed and that they added in this movie that we wouldn't have done in Superbad. And so I, I appreciated those kinds of aspects of it. So it's not that I hated this movie. It's just that I, I wanted to walk out of there feeling like, and I literally sat there going, huh, 
what? (laughs) (laughs) So it got overhyped for you. And I think that's a valid reaction. It it did. So that's my reaction to uh, Booksmart. Yeah. Uh, Did you love it? Did you? So so here's my thing about Booksmart. I really loved it because it it's my catnip. I love teenage movies. Mm-hmm. I love I love fierce feminine characters and specifically the fact that Beanie Feldstein was in it. She's a plus size actress that I think is gorgeous and amazing and Oh, she's brilliant. Yeah. They are so good. Like yeah, yeah, like I'm not bashing any of the actresses. They were all so good. Oh yeah, so, they're amazing. Yeah. But I just I do agree though that I do think that and also Good Boys are super bad just done uh-huh. with yeah. a different demographic. Yep, definitely, definitely. So that was that was my disappointment there. My other super massive, I, and that one I actually felt it like I was more mad that I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. The other one for me was The Irishman. Okay, so funny enough, I'm actually midway watching that right now. So I'm curious to hear what you think because so far – I just feel like it's another Martin Scorsese gangster movie and there's Correct. nothing that interesting about that's it. it. No, that's it. You can stop. You can stop the movie right now. No, um, you need to finish the movie. But the fact that you're halfway through it, like that tells me everything because that's exactly what the problem with this movie is, right? Yeah. Is that it's it's so long and bl- talk about long and bloated. Talk about just way too much. And, but it's a critical darling. Like everybody is tripping over themselves about how amazing this movie is. And it's Scorsese's like, you know, he's going out on top and and I'm like, look, guys, it's a, it's a just, I mean, when we, my husband and I were watching it and I just kept looking at him, I said, am I just, is this casino? Is this, is yeah. this Goodfellows? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like we'd already seen this because literally it's the same actors playing pretty much basically the same characters. Yeah. Um, the de-aging thing was weird. Like y- you could see their eyes were like old men's eyes. Yeah. Well, can't... and their bodies are old men's bodies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the movements that they, you know, it just didn't quite translate with what they were going for. Yeah. Um, however, not to spoil it for you, but when you, when you do, find, it does pick up. Like towards the end, I got more invested and I got more interested. Yeah, uh, yeah. We did start telling a different story that I personally hadn't uh, paid attention to or noticed before or whatever. So, mm. um, so, so it did change a little bit for me where I enjoyed it a little bit more at the end. But yes, the first whole half of the movie, we turned it off. It took us like three days to get, maybe two days, two days to get through it. I had to go back to it and go, oh, yeah. I guess I'm going to finish watching this. Because right. um, I was just so confused that critics were just tripping over themselves over how amazing this is. And it's not. I think it's fun. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's more that just like, I, I think it's good so far, but it's more like, but similar actually to Booksmart, what makes it different than yeah. anything mm-hmm. else that he's done before? Is it just like, it's a swan song? Is it the de-aging technology? I don't really see the difference other yep. than Bobby Cannavelli's in it. And I love Bobby Cannavelli. I love Bobby. Stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, you know, again, so many great, fantastic actors, like everybody's, I mean, and Joe Pesci, actually, I will call that out as in full agreement with all of the critics who are saying Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci in this movie. Cause he's I great. Did- Mm-hmm. And I did feel like he finally got to be a deeper or more nuanced character than mm. what he was before as a gangster and da, 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 da. So I really did enjoy Pesci in this, but everyone else, I was like, I've seen you do this before. I've seen you do this a lot before. Like, what's new? And it's anyway. So that yeah. was those. I just I was like, I have to mention the Irishman, even though it's not on my list. I'm going to mention it because it popped in my head when we were talking about once like 
because again, it's going to be up for consideration for all these Oscars and stuff. And I'm like, mm, come on, guys. Yeah, Aww. no, you know? I agree. I agree. I think it's also because it's one of those things where um, the critics award circle feels like they just have to award it because it's a Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. movie and all those people are in it. So I yeah. agree. <laughs> all right. So underrated. Shoot me with your underrated choice. All right. So I had a hard time choosing between these two and they are both very big blockbuster movies that did not make a ton of money and it makes me super sad. Um, well, in comparison to their competition, that is. And that is Alita Battle Angel and Shazam. Oh, those are good ones. Those are both really good underrated movies. Now, I haven't seen Alita, but I did see Shazam, and I did not see it in the theater. Correct. Mm, okay. I saw this one on a plane. Mm-hmm. And when I watched it, I was like, that was a really good movie. Like, why I didn't know. this play better? I and know. as such a Marvel lover, I don't even like DC. <laughs> and, <laughs> and which cheering them on. I enjoyed it. And I'm so stoked for, uh, for uh, Shazam, too. So, yeah. Okay. So, tell me what you think uh, might have like factored into why these didn't I know Alita like was what was this was going up against Captain Marvel like opening at the same time and so I know there's some drama involved there so maybe that had something to do with it but I never saw that one because I didn't know what it was about and I didn't care like it didn't grab my whatever I saw in the uh the trailers and and online it did not compel me as somebody who like didn't know the story or didn't know the character in advance Mm -hmm. To yeah, make that's that effort totally to go see it, right? Yeah. So, a kind of part of me says maybe it wasn't marketed well enough. I don't know. Um, my main takeaway from it is I'm a huge anime fan, and I've been since I was five. Um, so, the Alita Battle Angel franchise, or Battle Angel Alita, as it's normally called, uh, has been something that I've loved ever since I was in middle school. So I already was like suckered into this movie from the beginning because it was accomplished beautifully, like executed beautifully. It has an amazing cast. And for the most part, shockingly, it's almost exactly like the manga slash anime, 100%. Mm -hmm. And I was beautifully and surprisingly happy with that. I think uh, Rosa Salazar is an incredible actress. She does so much with this character, even though she's under so much CGI, you know, speaking of de-aging, but in this, it's like this um, up animating <laughs> her face. Gotcha. Um, that it, It's incredible. And uh, I, I will totally admit that I think a huge part of the reason why this movie did not do well is because a lot of people don't know the source material. It came out during a time that there was a lot of competition at the box office. And also like nobody in that movie, as much as they're great actors are blockbuster actors. Mm -hmm. So the visuals in the setting was really the selling point. And it wasn't like that for most people, but I'm super happy that starting to find a fan base um, and that there's a lot of people championing it to, possibly survive more outside of just a theatrical release so i highly recommend it if you really like seeing a cool kick-ass girl power story but i will say that it's one of those movies that is clearly setting up a franchise that might not ever get to be so if you're willing to give it yes (laughs) but if you're willing to give it a shot i would totally give it a shot just be prepared for it to be really weird but it's a beautiful weird ride and i adore it to pieces and In terms of Shazam, I also am not the biggest DC person by any means, but you know who I'm a big fan of? Is Zachary Levi. Heck yeah. And, that, <laughs> and I have been waiting 
forever for him to be in a big blockbuster movie forever. And so I was immediately like, I'm going to see this movie. I don't care. Like, I don't know anything about the Shazam character. I'm I'm just going for it. And you know what? He 100% does that character justice. He is hilarious. He has that whole Tom Hanks, wholesome, adorable quality to him. I think the actor that plays the younger him, they perfectly sync together. You never think they're two different people. Um, Everyone in that movie is incredible. My only little thing that I I think is the reason why I didn't do as well is it's very dark. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of dark elements that are really hard to sell to little kids. And if I was a little kid watching it, for the first time, I would be like, holy bajoli, this is a lot of nightmare fuel. Um, but overall, I think it's a it's an amazing movie. And I feel like a lot of people who love that kind of Marvel humor should give it a chance. Oh, I completely agree with you. Yeah, if, if you are a Marvel uh, fan, then give Shazam a chance because DC finally, like kind of mirrored that feel that you get that we mm-hmm. get, you know, from the Marvel movies. Uh, yeah. But they do it in their own way. And it's and it's I thought it was I thought it was a great uh great great standalone story and interesting enough. It was a little dark and there was some weirdness to it. So definitely if you've got younger, younger kids, like be prepared. It's not yeah. it, it is something that you might want to watch. Um I want to say it might be rated PG thirteen. And so that should tell you, you know, use that as a guide, folks. That's what it's there for. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> like I would say for like an older set of kids, or if you mm-hmm. have like six or seven year olds who are like cool with like stranger things, creepy dark stuff like that, then this is their vibe 100%. Yes. Uh, In fact, I believe my husband took my daughter, who's eight, but she she loves, she loves Stranger Things. So she's also, you know, yeah, she is of that level of like weird stuff is cool with her. She doesn't Mm -hmm. have a problem with weird, but I know a lot of friends who absolutely their kids would be scarred for lives for those kind of things. And so definitely, you know, your kid, you know what you can handle, you know, keep that in mind. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, my underrated movie is going to be Brittany runs a marathon. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So what I loved about Brittany, well, first of all, as a runner and as an overweight runner and as a reluctant runner, when she starts that that journey, that process of changing her life, I was just sitting there shaking my head going, this is the most accurate thing I have ever seen. Like, are they filming me? Okay. I mean, they they got it right when it comes to the struggles that we have, particularly as plus size folks mm-hmm. who are just trying to, to make yourself feel better. Uh, and sometimes there's a lot of struggle that goes into that, including how other people see you and react and respond to you. Um what I enjoyed about this is that it also did not pull any punches and Brittany was messy. She was not a likable person at all <laughs> in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And I thought that that was also, uh, you know, something different that we didn't have her up where we were like completely rooting for Brittany the whole time. There were times where I was like, girl, you deserve to be alone because you know, she did. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, But, you know, what I loved about this, though, also was everything that they filmed when it came down to the marathon itself. Like, I'm getting goosebumps reminding myself, thinking about the the way they shot the marathon and Mm -hmm. what happened as she was running the marathon and the different levels of – 
cycling that she went through mentally, physically to just complete this marathon. And again, very personal to me, but I was like, 100%, that was me. That exactly happened to me while I was on the course. You know, I mean, it was, it was really, they, again, I just felt like it wasn't somebody who thought this was what running a marathon was like when you're a plus size person or you're somebody that's not a natural runner. Mm-hmm. They actually knew what it was like to have those struggles. And it is not an easy process. I don't think it's an easy process for anybody, but it's definitely if you're somebody like me, like Brittany, like the character in the story who has your self doubts and you have just doubts about your abilities and even doubts about people supporting you. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, it's crazy. And so that the whole scene where she's almost about to give up and she looks up and it was just at that moment where she sees friends who come and save her girl. I had that happen to me. Like that's exactly <laughs> what happened to me on my marathon. And so, oh, well. yeah, so the, like I said, this one was like a personal situation for me, but I felt like it was underrated in that um, it definitely caught on for runners in my running groups. People are, and they're still like, cause it's now on, I don't, I don't know if it's Netflix or if it's Amazon. I'm not sure what it's on right now. I think it's on Amazon because it's an Amazon movie. That that makes sense. It's an Amazon movie. Okay. So it's out on Amazon now and uh, people are starting to watch it. Uh, Plus, you know, the new year, new me people um, (laughs) are looking for motivation. And I will tell you that this is something, even if you're not a runner, um, but you do like, she. it's funny too. Like there was a lot of hilarious moments in this movie, but then also a lot of super real, like people, even the funny ones were not always laughing, right? You know, and, yeah. Uh, so I, I just all around, I thought it was underrated and um, could have, maybe should have performed better, but didn't. Um, again, it's not a perfect movie. There's certainly things that I can critique, and I can even say, as a plus size person, like that they did get wrong. But a, a lot of it, they got yeah. Right. That's my biggest takeaway from that movie, to be mm-hmm. honest. But I think it's really important to have representation of various mm-hmm. degrees, and even though. There are certain aspects of Britney that I felt like were very um, negative Mm -hmm. uh, that were a little hard to swallow. I'm not going to lie. I I did think the ending overall really sealed the deal for me and it made me cry. I'm not going to lie. So it was, yeah, it was a, that was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good ending. It was a good ending. So, so yeah, it's not perfect. Like I said, there's definitely, again, the criticisms that people have out there um, because it is, you know, if you're like me, you'll take this one personally and I get that. And I'm not saying you're not wrong, but I thought a lot of it just mirrored a lot of the things that I'd personally experienced. So I was like, ah, Okay. Everybody go see Britney. Please go see Britney. Everybody, please go see Britney. (laughs) And they didn't. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to apologize for the uh, absolutely non-seamless way that this is transitioning. However, as we recorded this and we started talking about it, we were like, you know what? This should really just be two episodes. So that's what we decided to do. We went ahead and we broke this up into the overrated, underrated episode that you just listened to. Come back next week for the Monday Movie Minute, and you'll get to hear what we're excited about for 2020. As always, if you can leave those reviews, those five stars, it's super appreciated. Tell your friends about the the, the podcast and bring them all on because you know it's no fun to fangirl alone. And uh, thanks for fangirling on the No Guilt Fangirl Podcast.